Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I didn't care about nothing else but partying. I should be doing horror film music. Yeah, flark. Kunde vi få över oss det här? Jag älskar ju liksom så här typ koncept. It's exciting, it's fresh, it's different. The purists hated it. It's really strange. I tried working for the man but fuck it, you know. Whatever makes you feel good, go with it. Old to the new. A flavor from the old so you don't scare people but with the future sound. Rune Riley Kölsch. Tre namn, tre nationaliteter. En artist. Han har fler delar Europa i sig än de flesta av oss. Uppvuxen i Danmark, irländsk pappa, tysk mamma och en fransk styrmor. House och teknoproducent sedan några decennier tillbaka. Det här är mannen som levt genom några namnbyten och skapat hits för undergroundklubbar och topplistor. För snart tio år sedan gjorde han en liten kursändring och fokuserade sin kreativitet mot en enda sak. Kölsch. Skippa topplistorna och skapa musik han älskar. Möt Kölsch som drar sin elektroniska musik mot den neoklassiska. Det här är musik och därnulf. I just vividly remember everything being grey. Everything being just absolute shit at every moment. Going to school, haven't done the homeworks. All I wanted to do was just escape, get the hell out of there. And then I remember discovering music. Like the music came to me and I realized I could be part of this. I could be creating something that I had some sort of talent maybe even to be part of it. You know, the the possibilities, the the openings came and and then suddenly something came like a, a revelation. <laughs> Rune, hej! Hej, hej! <laughs> eller skulle jag säga hej Kölsch, hur är läget? Jamen alltså, du kan säga det som du har lyst, du kan säga Rune, du kan säga Kölsch, du kan också säga Rune Rejle Kölsch, du kan också kalla mig något helt tredje, hvis du har lyst. <laughs> Mycket trevligt att uh, se dig igen. How, how are you doing these days? I'm pretty good, I'm at my home uh, right now in the studio in, in Copenhagen. Um, Lockdown is kicking in slowly across the world, so I'm kind of watching the calendar disappear into oblivion again, which has become like a winter tradition nearly. Uh, so yeah, but it's okay. I'm uh, I'm I'm pretty happy, you know. I'm in making music, enjoying music, and just enjoying life as much as I can. And how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, thank you. It's been uh, more or less uh, 10, 15 years ago since we last met. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking we need uh, to go back and and talk about a few things, if that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we met. 
Was it MTV Selected and then around that time, right? What year was that even? I, I think it was probably around 2006 or seven or so. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Well, I remember we had fun. <laughs> but I, I, I do recall meeting you earlier than that. That's um, probably 2004 or 2005 in Miami. Yes, the first time I ever went. I remember that very well now. We did an interview, yes. We did. It's about time. Indeed. Rune Riley Kölsch är uppvuxen i Kristiania i Köpenhamn, ständigt med känslan av att vara lite utanför och inte riktigt delaktig i något som skedde i Danmark. Föräldrarna var kreativa kan man säga, men konstnärer och musiker är väl snarare en bättre beskrivning. Så det var relativt väl förspänt när det gällde att få en kreativ barndom, vilket innebar att han fick med sig en massa musikaliska minnen från de tidiga åren. Oh loads, I have a lot of early memories. I vividly remember driving through Europe with my parents, um, going on holiday. My stepmother's French and my mom is German, so we'd, we'd go through through Europe listening to different kind of music. And they'd listen to stuff like Eurythmics and Dire Straits and Steely Dan and all these things. And subconsciously, these things completely influenced me. And a lot of it I've come to realize is not even so much about the songs as such, but especially the way um, Steely Dan records or that West Coast sound, that West Coast rock glittery sound, it always influenced me. And I was that's what I've been trying to achieve for the last 30 years, trying to get that sound that they have, uh, which is in itself pretty challenging. But... um. It's 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 crazy how you you sort of discover these memories that come back up. But I think my earliest memory was probably my dad playing guitar. I guess from when I was very very young, he was a, he was an avid guitarist. He passed away in two thousand four, and um, I think that's the earliest memory. I remember also singing at Christmas, you know, with my grandparents in England. The Irish side moved to England, and. Um, what else my mom was very much into like kraut rock early really experimental german uh music and her friend zig who was a producer was one of the early guys who started doing electronic music in in germany he had a band called 69 and they were experimenting with sine waves and such so i heard all that sound of stuff when i was a kid and was running around in his studio pushing all the buttons and such but these are all very sort of diffuse memories i can't specifically pinpoint when what happened but all through my childhood it's been a lot of music And and I find it uh, interesting that uh, you sort of hooked on uh, to the uh, sort of American AOR West Coast sound because it, in a way, it's sort of it's it's laid back and it's quite polished and, um, in a sense, uh, sparse. You could say it's sparse, but when when you realize how much effort goes into all the details, I always say that Steely Dan, in my opinion, were Daft Punk before Daft Punk were, because they would sample not music but they would sample uh, musicians they would have a guy come in and play a drum kit but then they weren't too happy about the way he played the hi-hat and then have another guy come in and play the hi-hat instead of the guy who played the original drum kit and i just love the fact that they were so scrupulous about it there was no motion involved it was all about this pure perfection which is very similar to what we do these days with electronic music there is no there is no um emotional attachment to each 
detail detail instrument. It's there for a purpose, and I think that's beautiful. You know, a lot of times I used to remember when I was in bands, it was always about you know you had a kind of a shitty guitarist or kind of a shitty bassist, but he was your friend, so you had to stay in the band. You know? <laughs> and then I just love the fact that you can be so scrupulous and just go, you know what, you're out. It's bad. <laughs> Over. <laughs> Redan som liten kille i början av 80-talet var Rune teatralisk och älskade att uppträda. Och den sidan har han fortfarande, samtidigt som han är väldigt privat av sig. De tidiga åren var han blyg och lite tillbakadragen och påverkades starkt av föräldrarnas skilsmässa när han var sex år gammal. Det var dessutom knepigt och komplext att sen närma sig tonåren och inte riktigt hitta något som kändes viktigt. Förutom... The first time I felt part of anything was skateboarding. I got very much into skateboarding when I was was quite young and it became my safe haven from a lot of things, you know, it's like escapism, just escaping on a a piece of wood with wheels and and trying to find your way in the world. And that led to actually to the youth club and when I started DJing and making music, it kind of all was the same type of thing at the time. And I felt that I had a, a kinship with the other kids that were doing that. We're all a little bit outcasts, you know. It was punkers and hip-hoppers and it was all kind of the same thing because it was a quite a, a small scene, but we were all very supportive of each other. So it was sort of, um, you were lucky enough uh, to actually find uh, two of the coolest things you actually can uh, uh, grab a hold of, skateboarding and music. Yeah, but back then it wasn't cool at all. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, you know, I mean, skateboarding or, or music was, was equivalent to being, you know, homeless nearly because at the time it was just, you know, it wasn't seen as anything spectacular. It was kind of a waste of time for, for a lot of people. It wasn't a real sport. It wasn't seen as any form of self-expression, but it was something. And there's no question that, especially that, has shaped me as a human being in 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 so many ways. When it comes to art, when it comes to inspirations, musically, but visually especially, I have a very specific visual taste that stems directly from skateboarding graphics and graffiti and and that era of time. Which, which I'm very ever so thankful for having been part of. Första banden han spelade med var på ungdomsklubben Thomas P. Heile i Köpenhamn och det var efter att pappan försökte lära honom spela gitarr men det gick inte speciellt bra. Han försökte sen med trummor med samma nedslående resultat och slutligen även med sången men gav upp. Ja, det var då, runt 1988-89, som han började DJa. Inspirerad av hiphop, synt och elektro. Och i början var det mest hiphop som gällde, men han lyckades inte förmedla exakt vad han ville. Och det kunde inte rapparna som han jobbade med heller. Så ingen av dem blev nöjda med materialet. Samtidigt så hörde han housemusik på radion och knockades av energin och insåg att det var nog det där han skulle försöka skapa. Ett av de tidiga problemen var bara att när han och kompisarna försökte göra något så fick de aldrig riktigt till det där trumljudet. Det feta trumljudet. Det tog ett tag innan Rune och vännerna fattade att alla bra låtar de hörde hade samplade beats. 
Det fanns ju liksom ingen möjlighet att googla sig till kunskapen utan det var bara att testa och lära sig allt för som. Efter det fanns det ingen återvändo. Han gav upp alla försöken med att spela i band och bestämde sig för att spela in och sampla allt. My friends used to call me uh, whiskers because all my hats were just all over the place. In Denmark, in Danish, they call it piskeris, which is the thing you use to whisk up the the whipped cream. <laughs> so it's just it was a big mess for many years. I was so obs- I was so obsessed with this experimentation. I wanted to do something new and exciting and challenging what you know electronic music or hip-hop or whatnot could be but realistically i just wasn't good enough at it at the time to get it right but well kudos for trying Rune började ju ut musik redan 1995, då som Artificial Funk tillsammans med sin kompis Klaus. Det var först några år senare som han drog in sin halvbror Johannes Torpe i projektet. Bröderna hade inte vuxit upp ihop men blev ett tight par när tonåren gjorde sitt inträde. Johannes, som idag är en av Danmarks stora designers, var också tidigt en duktig trummis och tillsammans började de göra musik under ett av de tidiga projekten som Rune alltså redan dragit igång, Artificial Funk. Så även om de inte vuxit upp tillsammans så blev den något äldre Johannes mycket viktig för att Rune i slutändan skulle våga satsa på musiken. He had a very, very important impact when he when he when he was there because I, I looked up to him a lot and I think one of the things he told me once I remember when I was in gymnasium I was kind of struggling a little bit with figuring out what to do with my life and uh, my parents had always said look Rune you you, you got to stop with this music you know I had released a record at that time I think I was like 17 or something and I spoke to him and I said look I can't I, I I know it's not realistic to live of making music And then he actually said something that completely changed my life back then. He said, yeah, I know it's completely unrealistic, but someone has to live of it. Which I think is so beautiful, you know, that it's it's the whole mindset, the positive thinking, the way of thinking, of course you can do it. Like, why are you even talking about this nonsense? And it changed a lot for me. And I, I'll, I'll always be very grateful for his support and his way of thinking, which was at the time very different to mine. In these days, everybody wants to be a DJ. Let me just tell you who my mother wants to be a DJ. My father wants to be a DJ. Rune och hans bror Johannes är lekfulla personer och deras humor har skinit igenom ganska mycket i enstaka projekt som Heavy Rock eller Fashion Victims. I Just Wanna Be A Drummer, Heavy Rock, kom ut 2003 och textrader som Everyone Wants To Be A DJ, My Goldfish Wants To Be A DJ. Ja, det ska vara skoj och musiken ska kännas. En ögonöppnare, eller snarare en ljudmässigt magiskt ögonblick, fick Rune tidigt. Hemma hos en släkting fanns ett instrument som fascinerade honom som liten. Man brukar ju tala om att dofter är oöverträffade som en snabb möjlighet att transporteras tillbaka i tiden. Men frågan är om inte musiken har samma kraft för en del personer. För Rune blev upptäckten av instrumentet betydelsefullt då det gav honom första känslan av att han kunde åstadkomma något. I started sampling uh, an organ. It's really enough I have the organ in my studio which my uh, my auntie had. I had bought an early minidisc recorder 
mid uh, mid nineties or whatever it was, and um, I I was on holidays at my my auntie's place, and I started sampling her old church organ. Wow, it's not a church organ, but it it sounded pretty crappy. But it had this emotional vibe to it. It had this kind of whenever you would touch it, it just felt like something. It wasn't a sample in in a traditional sense. It wasn't like a record that I'd sampled, but it was something new. And I remember making a record that I, I I should find. I think I have it somewhere where I would just have like two three chords that I looped, and then I kept just mixing it live in the computer, and I recorded it. And I was like, this is this is really really good. And it made me made me feel in a way, like made me feel, and it was the same same kind of era where you'd have all these uh, DJ Pierre Wild Pitch records come out that had that kind of. It was just the loop, but the loop was so good that it just gave you gave you a feeling that was that was very special. And I tried to emulate that in in my way back then, and I think that was the first time I touched upon something that had elements of emotion because before that it was just experimentation and sampling this and that oh a brand new heavy sample let's put a kick drum under that or whatever you know i was doing all kinds of weird stuff <laughs> um, as you have to do as you have to do and, and 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 back then there were no real there were no real guidelines and rules anyway so you kind of just tried to do something cool Det kan sägas om Rune, men det som är tydligt är att han i sanning lyckats lära sig vad dansgolvet behöver och i perioder skapat precis det. De olika projekten innan Kölsch har egentligen varit relativt snabba idéer, perfekt omsatta till att få dansgolvet på knä och fullständigt nocka alla. 2003 kom så låten som skulle lyfta honom mot stjärnorna. Calabria blev en sån där låt som tog över klubbvärlden under några år och framförallt på gott och ont gjorde honom hetare än het. It was a long process actually. It took I think two or three years before it took off. Actually I made the record. I had finally decided to move out of my little well I was still living in a very small apartment but I had moved the studio out of the apartment and I found a place where I could could actually rent a little studio for very cheap at the time. And I remember sitting in four in the morning or five in the morning after having played out and I played this record. Sorry, I didn't play the record. I made this riff. And it pretty much took, I guess, half an hour, 45 minutes, and I'd made the original. And uh, my manager was just around the corner and I ran over and played it for him. And he was kind of like, I don't know. Didn't know what to think of it. And he played it for the boss of the management company. And he immediately went, oh, that's fucking annoying. That's never going to become anything. <laughs> and he proceeded to play me like a, an indie band from from somewhere in Denmark and said, this is what you should be doing. I'm like, nah, never mind. But weirdly enough, it kind of sat on the, uh, like, uh, on the last track of a CD, uh, demo CD, And it kind of stayed on there for, I guess, at least two years. Nobody really picked up on it. And then it got signed to a label in England. And then another year or two went by, and then it blew up. Then later on, it got sampled a million times by different artists. And uh, yeah, it's it's like the never-ending story, that record. It's, it's incredible how that still lives to this day even. Calabria med Rune, en låt som blev en stor hit och ännu större sen när den fick sång av Crystal Waters några år senare. Ja, det var i efterdyningarna av sin största och första stora framgång som han började tappa intresset. 
Han startade sidoprojekt som han tyckte var roligare. Ink and Needle var projektet som han hade på Tattoo Records. Rakt och direkt och med ett fokus, klubben. Här blev det också tydligt hur Rune styrde mot ett specifikt sound och att han behövde ett uttryck som var bortom topplistorna och remixer för alla popstjärnor. Som Ink and Needle släppte han sju EPs under tre år och någonstans där under resans gång mellan 2006 och 2009 så hittar han eller är på väg att hitta ett hem mot det som senare blir Kölsch. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Uh, tell me about um, the sort of the birth of Kölsch. Because uh, that was sort of uh, the last pseudonym you could use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I still have my middle name left. <laughs> Riley, yeah. <laughs> no, so what happened is that um, I, I was kind of fed up with these 3 minute 20 records that everybody was kind of expecting from me. And um, I got to say, I grew really tired of it. At the time, I had 11 people employed. It's like a big label. It was like a whole thing. And I had to tour and there was like visuals and fireworks and whatnot. It was just, it became really, you know, I was spending all my time managing other artists' careers. And and that, that it came to a point where I was just sitting in my studio trying to come up with something brilliant and nothing came out. And I just realized I wasn't having any fun anymore. And uh, what weirdly happened is that I'd done a couple of releases on my label as Rune RK, which were a little bit more experimental. And Michael Meyer from Compact had heard them. And he wrote me an email and said, would you like to release a record on on Compact? And uh, obviously, 
being a huge Compaq fan, I, I jumped at the opportunity and said, yes, I would love to. And as I answered the email, he saw my last name, which is Kölsch. And he was like, it has to be released under that name because Kölsch is, um, Compaq is from Cologne. And if you are from Cologne, you're Kölsch. That's kind of the way. It's also a beer, which is a Cologne beer. But it's the dialect is called Kölsch. You're, you're, you, the, the essence of the city is that which is very odd because my it's my granddad's last name. But it it had some kind of divine intervention built into it and it was bound to happen. And I remember, weirdly enough, it's kind of been a thing since, but the first two tracks I sent him, the first one was Lorelei and everybody thought I was completely crazy because, you know, all my, my team back then were like, why are you having this great opportunity to do something on a cool label and you're sending him this weird record that nobody can dance to? Nobody trusted the judgment and Michael was just like, this is amazing. This is exactly what I was hoping for. And I remember when that record came out, I decided I'm done with commercial music. I'm done with uh, with Runa K. I'm done with trying to make records for the radio. I'm done with all this. And at the time I felt, you know, maybe I'd spent a lot of time wasted with trying to make these these radio records but then i realized all the production skills that i was using in Kölsch came from that you know the, the this specific sound that a Kölsch record has came from all the time i spent on producing records for other people and and making things sound in a particular way for the radio and such so i guess in the end it was it was meant to happen Skivbolaget Kompakt via Michael Mayer gav honom möjligheten att skapa Kölsch. Det var en lättnad för honom att få avsluta projektet Rune RK som upplevdes som ett monster som slukade all kreativitet. För snart tio år sedan bestämde han sig för att berätta sin musikaliska historia över ett projekt om tre album. Uppdelade i specifika årtal för att begränsa och tydliggöra vad som skulle berättas och även ge lyssnaren en känsla av vad som hände och hur det uppfattades i Kölsch ögon. The trilogy was um, an idea from the beginning. Actually the whole way of making music was very inspired by Robert Hood uh, in the sense that he had um, a label called Implant, uh, which he still has by the way. And um, he made all these incredible records that were super inspiring in the 90s. Uh, one is called Minimal Nation, which is probably his his magnus opus. And then he did uh, the Memory Foundation. He did the Protein Valve. Like a lot of things that really inspired me. But I remember reading an interview with him where he said, Implant, the reason why the label was called that is because he felt that techno music you could implant a feeling in the production that would transmit to the listener. And I just love the idea of that. The fact that you could say something without having to explain it and it not being an intellectual thing, it more being an emotional um, primal thing. And it would translate beyond words. It would translate beyond language. And I, I got so inspired by this that I decided that my my whole ideal way to make Kölsch records and albums was that I wanted to to transmit a feeling of something and then I realized it would be super interesting for me to explore 
the reason why I make music, you know, as we were just speaking about the childhood memories, what influenced me. And it was so many little weird details, you know, for instance, as we just spoke about my, my, my auntie's organ, all these small details that suddenly had a big impact and a big meaning in the end. They amplified over the years. And um, that's when I started making the first album and, and, and sort of kickstarted the trilogy. Låten Grey som Kölsch gav ut 2016, inspirerad av blåset i Pharaoh Monks hit Simon Says, som i sin tur samplade ledmotivet från Godzilla. Ända sedan Rune gjorde Calabria hade han velat göra något med en tung, stor blåssektion som ledmotiv. Grey har blivit Kölsch största framgång hittills. Ja, de tre albumen som gavs ut 2013, 2015 och 2017 gav honom en ny publik och framgångsrikt lyfte fram en ny sida av honom. Trilogin är tre album namngivna efter viktiga årtal under de tidiga åren. 1977 är födelseåret och handlar om de tidiga minnena och ett sätt att försöka beskriva familjen och de olika personernas roller och fragment av stunder som var betydelsefulla. 1983 var en reseskildring om hur man kopplar ihop musik med känslor och skapat som upplevelser kring en roadtrip med familjen. 1989, året innan Rune började göra musik och det var här han försökte hitta sin plats i tillvaron. Allt upplevdes grått och han mådde dåligt och kände sig mest utanför. Ja, albumen hålls ihop väldigt fint och det är tydligt att syntarna spelat en stor roll under hans uppväxt och än idag dominerar ljudbilden. Det är både de fläskiga och massiva ljuden som lockar som de lätta och flyktiga. These simple synths, the way they transmit emotion is incredible. You know, we don't have too many layers, you don't have too much disguising going on. Obviously, there's a lot of influence. A lot of I have a lot of um, influence from 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 80s music. It kind of goes without saying. I was completely in love with with uh, Giorgio Moroder, Jan Hammer, all this kind of stuff back then. Even Jean-Michel Jarre and early electro stuff. But it's more the fact that these sounds have such a naivety to them that they're that they they just do something. They make me feel in a particular way. And that's I, I keep circling around the same sounds, weirdly enough. And a lot of times I'll, I'll change them and I'll, I'll, I'll replace them with other things, and I'll come back to them again because they just they just they just have something. And it's hard to explain, but realistically, if you emotionally connect with something, I think that's what you should stick to. At least you can experiment around it. But I just I just still to this day that particular organ sound just makes me feel something. And um, I guess a lot of musicians have that kind of thing where they kind of circulate back to something and it becomes a signature in a way. But I guess 80s synths is mine. <laughs> Inledningsspåret på albumet Now Here Nowhere är ett exempel på Kölsch förändringsprocess. Great Escape är en bombastisk öppning som återigen nyttjar orkestrering för att skapa en kontrast till det elektroniska. Det är som att han vill signalera att något stort är på gång. 
När Kölsch så avslutat trilogin så vågade han lite mer och visade på en riktning som tidigare bara anats. Han räds inte de stora gesterna och framförallt så har hans fascination för orkestrering ökat med åren. Från små och avskalade produktioner med stora ljud hittade han till en ljudbild som andas självförtroende och som manar till stordåd. Albumet Isopolis släppt hösten 2021 blev just det steget. Ett ambient album där saknaden av dansgolvet blev som tydligast. Här vågade han ta ut svängarna och inkorporera influenser han tidigare bara vågat drömma om. For the longest time I've been very inspired by uh, neoclassical music which has been one of my big things. You know, I've been working with Gregor Schwellenbach who's an incredible artist and I've been listening to a lot obviously people like Niels Fram, Max Richter, Johan Johansson. I've been very much into that that thing and it's been extremely inspiring for me because again it's that whole emotional trans- transmission. And for a long time I've been dabbling around and experimenting a little bit with it, but I've always been very frightened to leave out the kick drum because there was no occasion for it. It didn't make sense to release an ambient album or something that would be a bit more down tempo because I was touring so much and I needed records that would sort of be in that vein. And then COVID came around. So uh, I did, I guess, what pretty much everybody did and released an ambient album. <laughs> um, but that being said, I actually, I really, it, 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 was, it was a long time in the making. I'd always been experimenting around with these things and putting them to one side, you know, just leaving them out. And a lot of times before, I would probably have had other people record, let's say, the instruments because I felt that I wouldn't be good enough to do it myself and that the stuff that I would do with the possibilities that I had wouldn't sound good enough. But finally, I had time to really dive deep into getting the sound right. So all the all the stuff on there is pretty much produced by myself. I had help from a good friend of mine called Mike Sheridan who's an incredible musician. We did two tracks on there. And then um Luna Jane came on for for one record as well, which is obviously about COVID isolation. <laughs> um but um, it, it it was it was it was a time that it was kind of a welcome change really because realistically I was sitting around a long time during COVID and I I was I didn't feel like making dance music because a lot of making dance music always is also about the testing it's so much about how does this work for the crowd does it does it work in the environment it's created for so i felt this was the right time to actually experiment a little bit more and dive into something else and then melancholy is never far away for you it's uh, it's our nordic disease isn't it <laughs> Tell me what what's on your mind um, today? What's up? What's up next? I was actually just digging through a bunch of old records. I was speaking to uh, Seth Troxler, whom we both know, and uh, he was telling me he was way into these kind of mid two thousand house records, like uh, sulfuric stuff, all those older. And I was I decided I decided to look into to to them. I mean, mostly I just use them for drum samples these days because I think a lot of it is kind of cheesy. But there are these B sides in there that have something very very specific to them. So I was just digging through a lot of older records, just trying to find some gems because the beauty right now is that all these old records that I have sitting here on the shelf, they're not 
available digitally, so I can really find out some some nice ones that I that I can put in my sets if I want to. But generally, I'm just looking for inspiration. I'm just looking for something that could maybe be interesting to combine with something else. Well, thank you very much, Luna. Um, thanks for taking the time. Um, have a great uh, great new year. Well, you too. Hopefully, you can see each other uh, out there sometime. <laughs> It's about time. Tack så mycket, Rune. You, precis. Hi. Tack. Hej. Ja, du har hört musik och Danulf med Rune Riley Kölsch. Mannen som skapat musik under många pseudonymer men som idag mest är känd under namnet Kölsch. Han är nu aktuell med ett samarbete med Dubfire och snart väntar ytterligare projekt med Magit Kakun, Tim Engelhart och Joris Vaughn. Tack så mycket för att du har lyssnat och supporta gärna genom att bli Patreon. Musik och Danulf hittar du på Instagram och Facebook och hör av dig om du har några synpunkter. Vem skulle du vilja höra som gäst? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.